This is so awkward. Because <laughs> it's not. Boys don't like gay boys in high school. In high school, I feel like my friend group was mixed. It was like white, Latino, and black because that's all we had at school. Common interests. Auditioning for the program that we were going to be in in college. Uh, the kids that I did radio station with. We were all in the same class. In school. We worked at a movie theater together. The bond or just the, the enthusiasm kind of brought us together. Time and proximity. <laughs> do, like, like, what, like, so what do you mean? Girlfriends that are... <laughs> Girlfriends. My environment, I, like, not to be any kind of way, is ghetto. So, like, the people that I grew up around were not like me. I think it's about time to go home. Cody's not my best friend anymore. You ruined our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> testing, testing. Testing. One, two, three. Testing. Mic check. Hey, what are you guys doing? Cool shit. Welcome back. I am here without Elise at the moment with Primitively Speaking, looking at life through a primal lens. And those of our listeners who have been with us since the beginning know that we love to bring ideas back to our overall health and happiness as humans. In fact, we did a whole three-part series on happiness recently, as you probably remember. And we've talked about community, culture, connection, all of which start from day one of our lives. And one of the most integral pieces of culture and connection is friendship. So we're here today to dig into the idea of friendship through a primal lens. We want to get to the bottom of what is innate about friendship. What is that human incentive that makes us pick our friends? Is it subconscious? Does it revert back to tribal tendencies? No idea. So we're going to find out. So here today is Patty Criswell, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, my name is Patty Criswell. I, um, I hail from Michigan. And so cold. It, it, it is so cold right now. And um, I, by day, I'm a therapist. I've been a clinical social worker for 30 years, and I teach at Western Michigan University. And, um, and I've written a whole lot of books for American Girl on um, friendship and bullying and finding your voice and all kinds of things like that. So um, friendship's kind of, kind of my jam. It's pretty cool. Yeah, all day long. Very Yeah, we found you via your books. I did like tons of Google searches, and I'm like, who really understands what we're trying to get into? And Patty seemed perfect, so we're super, super lucky that you're here. Um, and so one of the first things I'm just going to like throw out there and see where it takes us. There's a phrase I've always loved. Friends are the family we choose for ourselves. Sounds kitschy, whatever, but deep down I think about it and... It does make sense in my head, and I feel like I've chosen people to be in my circle, and it's always gotten less and less because I don't, you know, you don't need as much as you get older. You have certain needs that are more fulfilled with less people. So what do you think of when you hear that? Friends are the family we choose for ourselves. I think if, if you have a friend that has been in your life for long enough that has earned that status, I think friends can transcend to family. Mm -hmm. But I think it's rare. I think throughout our life, um, a lot of friends come and go. They cycle in, they cycle out, depending on where we are, what our needs are, mm -hmm. where, where we're living, what we're doing, for sure, all that kind of stuff. But there are those people that come along in our life, and they're 
they stay. And over time, shared experiences, they become family. And mm -hmm. I think that, as you say, you know, as you get older, that circle gets smaller. But, oh, those are the best mm -hmm. kind of friends. And for the right reasons. That's the thing. It's like, as you get older, you realize certain people were serving purposes that don't serve you anymore. Those so are your speak. I got your back friends. Yeah, exactly. And there is the one, one or two that stick around. But I've always felt if you can feel at home the way you do with family, mm -hmm. with friends, you found people that you should stick to. Mm -hmm. Right. So and I ask that because we from a primal standpoint, I think it is that familial cultural connection that friendship stems from. And so that's what we want to reel everything into. So starting with that, as far as friendship between women, do you think there's a competitive element that drives those? Is that real? Like, I could dress for my girlfriends. I don't can trust for guys to see what I'm wearing. It's more for the women because we're competing. It depends on where you are in life. Mm. Some people do that their whole lives. Some people grow out of that. It mm -hmm. depends on, you know, there's so many variables, but it's all harkens back to insecurity. So true. So if I feel like I'm just safe and I'm home mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, it's the messy bun and the sweats and let's sit down and talk, that's a great feeling. But the reality is we don't often feel that way. Sometimes mm -hmm. we're going out and we're feeling judged. We're in a work environment. We're in a social environment. And so we think, what can I do statistically mm -hmm. to, to feel the safest in this moment? Security. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, you know, security from being judged, but it's also just how secure we are in ourselves. Mm -hmm. How much do you care? Right. And are are you actually attracting someone confident if you're confident? Because I've noticed that in the past, old friends that did not last long were serving the let's go out all the time. Like I need to be accepted, I need to network, I need to know people. If I'm if they're drunk, I need to be drunk. And it's very fast if you do know yourself that you transition away from that. And I think I've seen people that haven't transitioned out of that, and that's very telling. And it, so I agree with what you're saying. It's very much about security. So is that something that provided any incentive for your books as far as one, like when you said, I think one's called Guide to Friendship Troubles, right? Mm -hmm. When you say troubles, what instigated that for you? We wanted something that covered, we wanted to cast a pretty wide net. Mm -hmm. And um, the joke is always that our working title for that book was um, Marriage 101 for oh, the, right. to like the 11th hour. And then we just yeah. had to pick something. And I, I hesitate to sometimes um, use words like bully and victim. I think mm -hmm. when we assign roles, we get in really big trouble. So that was more of a kind of a vague title we all have friendship troubles it doesn't matter if you're the alpha if you're the sidekick if you're the floater whatever you might right. be we all have friendship troubles so how do we navigate those mm -hmm. um and in that book um i was pretty inspired you know i've been doing therapy for a long time and i was really inspired by the little girls i work with it's one thing to and, and amazing to write a book for adults but it was a real kick for me to write to her that was one of the first books that wrote to her. That's really and, cool. And in the reality is, once they get off that bus or get on that school bus in the morning, they're on their own. They That's are on terrifying their own. as a mom. I yeah. can't even imagine. But it's also incredibly empowering if we can give them the skills they need earlier in life. If we can mm -hmm. shorten up that learning curve. Yeah. You know. I um, agree. Because I think 
for many of us, it came, you know, stereotypically the 30s mm. where it's like, yeah, you can't hurt me anymore. Like, I know who I am. I know what job I'm going to have. I know what, you know, so I'm okay with who I am. And um, when you, you look at um, uh, women who have really found their voice, it, they're older. Mm -hmm. Well, if we could shorten up that learning curve, imagine, you know, and that's what we, that's right. what I tried to do um, in all my books. Um, and, and for me, that was really the, the mission. Right. Do you think that has something to do with feeling a part of society? Whereas it wasn't until the 20s or 30s that women obviously were getting more and more rights. And so all of a sudden you feel more integrated into your community, which is a game changer. So I guess my point is, do you think that is a piece of who you choose to keep around you? Is like your role in society? For sure. The, the social proximity principle says that um, we attract those who help us feel good about ourselves. Yeah. Who affirm our identity. Mm -hmm. So if I'm with you and you just make me feel better about myself, I want to be with you. Right. So the birds of a feather. Flock together. For, for sure. sure. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. Because I, I feel like as you, as you change... And as you feel like you're, a, you know, a, another example of a new purpose, right? And so let's say I get a new job. It defines me more than something has in the past. Those people are going to be that I work with at mm -hmm. that point are going to mean more to me. They're going to get me and I connect more. I, I think it's even deeper than that. Really? I think that we have to kind of match vulnerabilities. So if you, you know, go further behind the 20s and 30s, you go back, you know, to the beginning of time, mm -hmm. women have bonded over their vulnerability when they're so used true. as currency, when they, they have no rights. So that's mm -hmm. a very, very personal and, and, and primal, you totally. know, to, so I'm feeling really vulnerable. I know you're feeling really vulnerable. I got your back. You got mine. That's a different kind of connection than... We both like to fish. Right, oh, right, right. Okay. You know, we're talking about survival here. We're talking about vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you look at veterans or, or, or Holocaust survivors or people that have been through these horrible and, and traumatic experiences, they're bonded in a different way. It's a different relationship. Well, so true. Women experience that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, our our relationships are deeper and more emotional and i think that that has survived through the generations that is that's like the perfect primal point to make i mean survival of the fittest sounds generic but it applies to so many like smaller layers and beneath the surface you know what i mean and i think on that note like we were talking earlier about why do all the black kids sit together mm -hmm. that is the same idea with different communities like different racial communities because if they feel vulnerable, which breaks my heart when they do, but if they do, of course they're going to lean on who looks and acts like them because they get them. Is that? Do you think that's valid? Well, and you've got my back, exactly, because we're exactly. we've got this the, we've got this shared experience, right? And when we think of kids, we start. Um, and, and the point of that book, or a point in that book, mm -hmm. was that we're teaching race all wrong. And um, Beverly. Tatum, who, who wrote that book, makes the point that, you know, from very early on when kids learn about their history mm -hmm. and, and slavery, that would make anyone feel vulnerable. Oh, my gosh. And angry. 
probably yeah, or or the ruby bridges or or you know rosa parks and uh-huh. and how vulnerable that might make you feel mm-hmm. so if your vulnerability's up your risk is down i'm just going to hang with people that get me yep i'm not going to take risks mm-hmm. and so i think for women um it, it's not all that different we're going to you know we're going to be around people that make us feel safe and affirm our identity for sure for sure no that makes total sense and i think there's a big divide right now because of this new corporate entrepreneurial identity that so many women have taken on it's combating motherhood too and so now you've got these women that are speaking out about how hard it is to be a mom a working mom a not working mom and then you have the people that are working that haven't had kids thinking why are you like this isn't news like motherhood's been around forever like what mm-hmm. but it is relative and i think there may be a lack of that like you know recognition of vulnerability like maybe these moms that are home not working don't feel like they have as strong of a support system the way we do if we're working i don't know have you seen any of that with like peers of yours or no well i think if it's two you got a foot in two worlds very true you, you need connections at work you need you need friends at work but then you also need people that understand the vulnerabilities that go along with mm-hmm. um you know a kid who's been up all night and so can you get both in one place that's that's a big ask it's tough so and and if you don't get home mm-hmm. till late and you need to spend time with your kids when do you get when do you get that part of you fed yeah it's like a fulfillment thing where do you think jealousy falls into play here, especially while we're um, on the topic of friendship between women? I think we uh, we go into relationships. We all have different personality strengths and weaknesses, right? right? But confidence is king. Mm-hmm. So the idea with jealousy is you, you, you've got less challenges. I, I want a piece of that. I, I want less challenges. I mm-hmm. want to feel safer, or at least the illusion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I have you know, the big, beautiful house or the, or, or the great tennis shoes or whatever, whatever right. prestige might be, there's the illusion of greater security, greater resources. Mm. If I have more resources, I can take more risks. So if I can take more risks, I've got a more fulfilled life. Interesting. So the risk is almost like an accomplishment. It's like you're that feeling that like on the edge, you keep the thrill a little bit. Mm-hmm. And wow. I think that's why um, it's so wonderful when people can look outside their flock and meet people that are different and have friends from different cultures. Mm -hmm. The only way to do that is to feel confident enough to step out a little bit. And that risk is exciting. Totally. You know? And change is so healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So So. what were you going to say? I think I cut you off. No, I think, you know, if you suddenly meet someone from the other side of the world and you connect on this really interesting intellectual level mm-hmm. you've got to have a measure of confidence and security um to say i can step out totally or, to know and in terms of jealousy if if you meet someone and they you know you find out that they're you know have you know abundant resources or they're very very wealthy or right married to someone famous or something like that you have to have a measure of security to say i mean i'm okay enough with who i am mm-hmm. that I can be friends with you. I'm not going to feel, you're not going to trip my insecurity. Yeah. I'm good. So true. And that comes with age and accomplishment and experience. Yeah. Things I wouldn't trade. Right. You know, you're not going to find that when you're 10. That's, we, that's, that's too big an ask, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even at 10 resources, you know, 
increase our ability to take risks. Yeah. Yeah, and people are resources in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I hadn't had the crazy friends or the weird fights mm-hmm. or whatever, I probably would be different in romantic relationships as well. But having the right girls around me have helped mm-hmm. me battle my own insecurities. Like, that's completely valid. Yeah, so if we're around people that say, I, I like you because you are. You're one of us. I accept you. No matter what. Oh, then we can take risks, We can, which only ups our confidence and right. we say when I'm with her I'm a more confident me so I want to be with her more and I don't care if I don't agree with her or I don't really like the way she does this or that mm-hmm. doesn't matter because she does it for me and we still have fun we have our yeah. own yeah. you know we connect on other things um, but on that note as far as confidence and jealousy clicks did you have you ever observed clicks as far as when you were writing your books or when your girls in therapy have spoken out like one, what do they say to you? And two, where does that fall as far as like, because those girls that are, you know, being the queen bee, they're not actually that confident, right? At the end of the day. Some are, some have an inflated sense of self. Also, They that. are so overconfident that yeah. they, have, they lack humility. Jeez. Uh, 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 on the so most young. basic level. And I think that, oh, I do believe that a lot of this comes from the parents' needs and values, mm-hmm. for sure. So if you think about... <clears throat> You know, people are born into this world. Some of us are going to be Wall Street tycoons. Some of us are going to be nurses. Some of us are going to be, you know, performers, whatever. We're born into this world with this innate set of personality characteristics. Right. And we use those in our peer group. Sometimes we use our powers for good. Sometimes we use our powers for evil. <laughs> for sure. And you feel the like the uh, the effect of both sides, too. And that's like, you know, why you'll act differently in the future. Right. Just so like, yeah. there's a fine line between a leader and a bully. Right? I loved when you said that on the phone. I wanted right. to dig into that. Yes, yeah. go on. So you're born into this world. You've got this leadership ability. You can inspire people and bring out the best in people. That's a leader. We need yeah. more of those, right? But maybe you get this message or this meta message that um, it is a contest and and you better watch it or someone's coming for you and you need to dominate. Mm -hmm. And that might work really well in business. That might work really well on the basketball court or something. Right. But in friendship, it that domination submission kind of factor, Mm -hmm. that that message comes from parents. We're a competitive family. We're winners. We got to dominate, you know. Well, you know, that can turn that leader into a bully real quick. And the intoxicating, you know, power that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's addictive. So, and the need for that power, to think you need that power. Leaders need that power, but they, you know, the leaders bring out the best in people mm-hmm. and that charges them up. Right. Bullies, you know, bring out the worst in people, you know, bring people down and that charges them up. Oh, geez, it's like a vicious cycle. So I think, you know, if we can work with these kids when they're young mm-hmm. and, and restore that balance of power. So there's this whole dynamic, you know, if there's two girls and one is clearly bullying the other, we might shame that kid and say, that's inappropriate. That's right. not how we act. And we might rescue the little one and say, you know, you poor thing. Right. You come right over here and, and I'll give you a cookie, right? <laughs> but if we flip that script a little bit and we say, um, hey, everybody gets to take up the same amount of room. Like, you, 
you know, just because you're a leader mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you get to stomp on people. Like, mm -hmm. that's not how we roll. So we see this bullying situation and we say to the, you know, um, the, the kid that's getting picked on, what do you want to do about that? Mm -hmm. You tell her. You go over and you tell her to knock it off. And I'll stand right here. I'll watch you. Jeez. If we restore that balance of power, mm -hmm. we empower her, we guide the leader right. and say, mm, stay in the leader lane, mm -hmm. get out of the bully lane. So we just restore that balance of power then it doesn't take root. That addiction to power, right? You know, doesn't take root. And that kid says, "Oh, I get it now. So I can still get my needs met. I can mm -hmm. still be the leader of the playground, but I don't have to hurt people." Right. And now they're because we're each other's role models, right? Mm -hmm. Especially while we're growing mm -hmm. up. So I feel like that as also whether the bully wants to not be one or not, they still watched something happen and they saw a different result, mm -hmm. and it still sinks in. Even if it causes guilt for a minute, I think that's a healthy guilt because then they won't want to do it again, mm -hmm. I would hope. Well, and we can guide. We can yeah. teach, you know? Right, right. So we, you know, we often silence kids because we say, don't tattle, mind your own business, right. which is just horrendous. It's a I horrendous message. I totally agree. And so we teach that middle group the passive acceptance of injustice. Yeah, mm -hmm. look the other way. Okay, right. That's terrible. Right. So we disempower them and we teach them that, oh, man, when you've got your friends' backs, that's risky. You're better off to turn away from them, hmm. which is a terrible message. That's not how you foster long-term friendships, no. and it's also not how you develop confidence. No, and plus it speaks volumes when you see how certain communities now are not collaborating to help each other as much as they could. They seem, which is so weird to me, mm -hmm. they seem to be drifting and creating more of a separation instead of helping each other and understanding where we're coming from. And I think if we would do that more often, and maybe it is telling kids now in elementary school, do it now, it'll start again. But I think we'd be so much further along if we just understood, oh, that's what you need. Okay, totally okay. Let's figure it out. Let's work together. But instead, it's like, oh, that's weird. Never mind. And like you said, we retreat. Well, you know what but I mean? In the same way, parents send this meta message or this message to their kids, hey, we got to, you know, we got to dominate other people. Our leaders are sending a terrible message yeah. to us. It, it, so th this is cultural. It all kind of factors down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can turn towards each other or we can turn away from each other when, when there's conflict. So true. And turn on each other. Easily in seconds. And it's like, it doesn't serve a purpose if you just, I don't know, that's, and that's just, just it. Like, you can turn away or you can understand the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if we go back to, you know, a time when um, people really needed each other, mm -hmm. like for survival. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the farmers, I mean, if you, your cows get out, you got to, you, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. got to help. They got the barns on fire or whatever, right, you know, right. we go back to these times, I mean, maybe even further back than that, where we relied on each other physically for survival. I kind of miss it. Not that I ever knew it, but you know, <laughs> but, I mean. but I think we've in some ways lost more than we've gained. So we've been talking since we've been here, you know, about our, the polar vortex in oh Michigan, my gosh. which, which, you know, I kind of love because, well, for one thing, you know, everyone is 
being creative and learning how to be warm do things and, on YouTube yep. and their houses, <laughs> their closets are all clean and all that kind of right, stuff. Right. They, all this time everything, inside. Everything sparks joy. <laughs> but, but also, you know, neighbors have to help each other shovel out. Mm -hmm. People are like, hey, are you okay? Um, So-and-so's furnace broke. What can we do? Or you got to go to work and there's no school. So we help each other. Mm -hmm. So then you're relying on each other physically, which is a total throwback, right? But it, it lends itself to this emotional bond too. It's human. And yeah. that's, I'm so glad you said that because I've always had this theory and in all due respect to my wonderful friends in Los mm -hmm. Angeles, born and raised here, I was born and raised in Philly and I have cousins in the Midwest and like mm -hmm. all over the East Coast. And I've always noticed something different about drive and like, and going the extra mile or waking up early or like picking somebody up at the airport, mm -hmm. like little things. And it hit me that I think it's the seasons. Yeah. And yeah. there's so much humanness in just helping each other through weather. And I couldn't just not go to school because I was cold or it was raining or, you know what I mean? And I learned how to drive better because I had to in the weather. And so I really think that when you bring it back to our nuts and bolts, when helping each other out, it's just a different upbringing. And it's just, it's, I haven't seen it the same way I've seen it in the Midwest and the East Coast. Well, the vulnerability. Totally. So... I mean, there's a reason why Brene Brown's vulnerability TED Talk was the most watched TED Talk on planet Earth, mm -hmm. because vulnerability is is the link to all of this. Yeah. So if I need nothing from my neighbors, I, I hire everything done, I have everything, my kids have everything, I need nothing from you. I need nothing from you. How do we bond? When do we communicate? Right. For what reason? But if all of a sudden... You know, my spouse has a heart attack or, or my kid's sit by a bus or something. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the needs come, the casseroles come, the bonding comes. New mom friends. Right. New I'm circle. So I haven't been sleeping. My baby's been up all night or my husband had an affair, or mm -hmm. divorce, death, what, whatever it might be. That vulnerability helps us to bond. That's why people foster such strong bonds and support groups. So true. Yes. You know, and certainly, you know, traumatic situations yeah. and and trauma and tragedy. Mm -hmm. So if you think of the wildfires out here or whatever, neighbors helping neighbors. Mm -hmm. And that, if we take that on a grand scale, of course, but if we bring it back down to just we need to be needed yep. and we need others to take care of us, and that's what fosters that friend-to-family connection. And that's how is that not tribal? I feel like that goes way back. Right, because maybe, you know, you're... Your family got the elk, and, right? And, right. And, or gathered more of the yes, grains. Yes, and my family's got the maize, and right, we're exactly. all going to, you know, um, exactly. Yeah, but but that when we stopped needing each other, our friendships changed, and mm -hmm. people got lonely. And there's a hell of a lot of Americans that are thirsty in the rain. Yeah, and a lot of families, kids who are thirsty in the rain. They are surrounded by people that love them, mm -hmm. and they are not getting what they need. See, and I think it all starts with that, um, like at home, like you said, the, the parental effect. If there's some kind of overkill or like we need to dominate or you're not doing good enough, you need straight A's and be the best lacrosse player, whatever. I think those kids sometimes need a release from that and will find friends mm -hmm. that serve the opposite purpose. Certainly. Have you seen that happen? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what a sad commentary if you can't be vulnerable with your own family or right? your own siblings. It should be your one place of the most safety. And when I see 
differences between me and other people, I always figure out later, it's like, oh, so that's what it was like at home. Yeah. Got it. Not in a judgy way at all, but I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. now I can make sense yeah. of this. So, but on that note, when you said we stopped needing each other, do you think any of that goes hand in hand with economic status? Where if you're just all set, you found what you needed, you're secure financially, you have this house, your kids, whatever. Do you think that pushes people away because they don't? But then if you need your kid to make a team Mm -hmm. or get into something, you don't have the funds, you're probably going to need somebody more. I mean, certainly if you have more resources. Yeah. But there are all these things that money can't buy. Mm -hmm. Right? Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So does it make you... um, less dependent and does that lack of dependence somehow foster this false sense of confidence and Mm -hmm. then I don't need anything and I've got all this material stuff well yeah but if Mm -hmm. if you don't have friends and you're just lonely and you don't have anyone to play the game with your confidence changes then all of a sudden you wake up not confident right and when we started building these houses that had these big lawns and people really far away from each other Mm -hmm. they didn't talk at the mailbox so true. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, you know, the neighbors' kids weren't, you know, forced to kind of congregate together. Mm-hmm. And we lost something. When we built these houses, which each kid has their own ensuite and and their own, you know, we got far away from each other. And yep. then it, it's the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, with the yep. grandmas and grandpas in the, in, mm-hmm. in the bed, right? Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and, and, and he was the most well-rounded kid, right? Because yep. he had this sense of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And intimacies cannot buy. So true. It just It's either organic or not. And you can't... Yeah, that's like a whole thing. Like one day we'll get into a marriage episode and get into how you sometimes that builds based on like no connection. But um, I don't want to forget to ask about um, friendships between men as well. So if we want to maybe take it from the parental standpoint, we kind of know what happens with girls in school. We see the queen bee. What's the difference with guys? Because there's still competition, but it's a little different. Have you experienced any of that with any of your patients in therapy? Like, do you have little boys? I don't work much with boys, okay. um, but my colleagues certainly do. And the dynamics are getting more similar. Interesting. I mean, there is a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly size matters, you know, that right. you know, your ability to throw a ball, all those kinds of things kind of are these. So there's different badges of honor a bit. Makes total sense. Um, depending on your culture. Yeah. Um, and but I think that it's it's tough either way, yeah. And, and you trade one set of problems for another. You yeah. know, little boys are taught, you know, be this tough guy, this care about nothing, minimize everything. Don't That's cry how you get ever. through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but and then be kind and sensitive, or no one will like you. Right. <laughs> you know. So it, it's a very double edged sword. Um, girls by nature are more emotionally sophisticated, and I think that's that they've earned that over time. That that you know, being victimized and being mm-hmm. oppressed, and and having to rely on each other, and you know, um, so their strengths are more, you know, they're more sophisticated emotionally. So I think the dynamics are different, but I don't think anybody wins. I think yeah. it's hard either way. I would agree, and it's changing so much. Empathy levels with the age of social media are very different now. And it's like you have to just accept everything. And there's always going to be a resurgence for something. And I think um, different cultures also feel that where, um, again, with vulnerability, 
if you are expected to be one way, even if it's your role in society, you're going to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to venture out of that. It's too scary. Or, But I do think things are changing with men and women because I don't think it's as drilled in from day one now to be a certain side of the um, spectrum, you know? And so now there are more sensitive men and, and boys starting out in music and not doing sports, and it's no big deal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, and I wanted to ask, between men and women, how do you feel about those friendships? Do you feel that any guy that you've been friends with for years probably wants to secretly be with you? Or is that a myth? I think it's a myth. Yeah. I mean, people have work relationships that have really solid boundaries and they really care about each other for, for years and years and yeah. years and years. So I think I, I think it's a total myth. Now, you know, when you're in college and, and you know, do crushes develop and all that kind of stuff? Right. Well, of course. I right. mean, it does any, any time. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, that notwithstanding, I think... Boys and girls becoming friends in, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade is tremendous. And those can be really, really meaningful Mm -hmm. because she gives him an eye into her world and he gives her an eye into his and they can support each other and help each other because it's a whole different set of rules. So true. Yeah, always. Yeah. And so they're not, they're not in the same circle. So they can, mm-hmm. so those friendships can have a lot of value. Yeah. And then as you, um, like into adulthood, do you feel it's similar or does it change? Cause I know it's, it's definitely probably more often now than it was because corporate wise, we're all more intertwined and mm-hmm. women are leading so many things. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an intimidation factor too. Have you, do you, would you agree? Have you seen any of that? I think that, that, I think it's hard to generalize that. Right. But does it happen? Absolutely. Yeah. But I also think that, um, there's a lot of men who really respect those women leaders and they can, and, and colleagues and there can be these really great relationships. The thing is, once we partner, it's just different, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to go hang out with some other guy right because you're going to go home to your guy and so it's 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 a little bit different um yeah but i think in the context of work or the context of a project or a planning or you know whatever it might be it's more activity based Mm -hmm. no that makes sense and you're connecting on different levels and you're again Mm -hmm. back to purpose Mm -hmm. different purposes and if i'm thinking you're going to further me in business Let's keep it real. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, Mm -hmm. you think ahead in a different way, I think, too. Um, But it's also respect. I think there's more of an expectation today where, of course, she's running something. Like, that makes total sense. Whereas, you know, it used to be guys competing with guys, guys competing with guys. And now it's like we're almost all in the same playing field, and that changes the game. Well, and think how that's changed. Yeah, I know. Think how our roles have changed. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that affects our friendships, mm-hmm. and they're going to change. Yep. And, you know, we're navigating that part of it fairly well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at, you know, hashtag me too, and we're really right. calling out these, like, guys that were just horrible and, and didn't do that. And, and, and so I think that this is evolution, and I think that, mm-hmm. you know, as we raise better men and we raise more empowered women, that we're, we're seeing couples talk and figure it out, and, and we're seeing these equal partnerships like Power we never couples. have before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's and that's so not even about... It's not about power couples. It's about equal. 
partnerships. You know, maybe yeah. you know you make maybe she makes a hundred thousand more than you do, or 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 right. whatever. You know, but it's that we're equal partners in this, respect wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You the balance of power, and it comes Absolutely. back to the balance of power in in a relationship. Um, and that's how it is in friendship too. As long as there's this kind of equal balance of power. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in, in girls' friendships, well, but. Now he, she's got the real, he, you know, cute boyfriend or whatever. So mm-hmm. this feels a little out of balance and my, you know, my feathers are rougher a little yeah. bit <laughs> and we just got to work through it and I got to be secure enough and, and uh, then something, I get to lead in the play and okay, mm-hmm. now you're a little jealous. And, mm-hmm. and what does that do? It trips our insecurity, but we can work through the small ones. Right. And that's what fosters it. If we have enough shared experiences, mm-hmm. enough times where we have been vulnerable together um, even, you know, think of the slumber party. Totally. We're in our pajamas and we're laughing. So, you know, till the milk comes out our nose. <laughs> so there's like this vulnerability. Yeah. If we have enough of those, it's like a, you know, a bead on a necklace, every mm-hmm. shared experience. We can get through those times where our insecurities are tripped up a little bit. Very true. I think those shared experiences are exactly what determine why our circles change too, which what we said earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why people think that like online friends can't be real friends. It's an interesting thing. I don't know. Yeah. But I believe that you can have shared experiences. It is different, Mm -hmm. but it is real. It's relative. And at three in the morning, if you're, you know, talking to someone about not wanting to live to see the morning or something, that's that's intimacy and that's real. Uh And, um, I, I think that it's sometimes hard for adults to wrap their head around, but we got to honor those relationships. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just still different. today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, are you saying are you you've heard of like younger girls meeting people this way, and like on Instagram, mm-hmm. they'll start direct messaging and wow, or games, gaming, wow, you know, you, and from across the world, yeah, probably right. Yeah, wow, what is that like? I'm out of curiosity. Having boys playing video games, are they do they have friends like all over the place that? Yeah, I, yeah, so and cool. girls too. That's crazy. Because yeah. you yeah. have sons, right? Am I forgetting? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have a son and a daughter. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah, because I'm just thinking. I never lived in that world. I like had instant messaging, but mm-hmm. but I will say there were moments where you thought, you know, the boy you had a crush on would I am you back, and it meant so much at the time, but it wasn't as intimate. And then they would ignore you the next day. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's funny how that. It was this first taste of, like, putting yourself out there and, like, putting up a quote from a song that you liked and it wasn't Mm -hmm. embarrassing, you know? Mm -hmm. So now it's, like, blossomed. So it must be so crazy that they're communicating that way. Does it change how they talk to you? Have you noticed? I don't know. Therapy's so intimate. Oh, that's true. We're in a small room together looking at each other. Right. And they're there to, you know, to dig in and to talk and to figure stuff out. So it's an incredibly intimate process mm-hmm. it's even more intimate if there's a trauma or a tragedy right the vulnerabilities up and yeah. so it's an even more when you walk that kind of path with someone mm-hmm. um but i think that that safety factor you know what you were talking about you put yourself out there and it doesn't mm-hmm. work out mm-hmm. so i'm not sure i'm gonna want to do that again it's like a new rejection thing. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's very weird. So as we get older, we get better at reading the room. Uh-huh. Who who, who are my people? Right. And once I find my people, uh, you know, depending on how hurt I've been, I'm not going to keep looking. Right. 
Right. That's so interesting. Plus, I I also see, like, my youngest brother is 11 years younger than me, and he had Instagram, you know, high school right away. And right away, everyone he's ever met is his friend and follower on Instagram. So he immediately has, like, 400, 500 <laughs> likes on a photo, and I'm like, you're just drinking milk. Like, this is a... But that is, like, a way they respond to each other. Like, that... Like, part of his friendship with people is their comments on his videos and if they're funny. And if the girl he liked said something... I mean, it's just so different for me i just and not direct but yeah look not at his direct age. at all so it's quantity versus quality totally which i would say really lends itself to someone's personality characteristics yeah and those change yeah is he more shallow now probably <laughs> without he, even yes. knowing when he finds a, a little bit more depth maybe has some adversity in his life mm -hmm. then then maybe quality will mean something different right you know, the mm. so that's why you see less, you know, 40 year olds that are really trying to get 400 likes. It's not that they yeah. don't exist. There's just less of them. Right. Oh, that, that's very true. It's still an algorithm at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. they, they need the needs differ as we age. And if you we our needs differ as well. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the developmental stages, those clicks very often. Yep. I always think the junior year. Mm. identity <laughs> formation i'm tired i'm tired of being this i want to branch out i want i, I want you know to have more freedom mm -hmm. to be myself and those clicks that have been together kind of implode yeah they want i mean you're looking at colleges you're all of a sudden mm -hmm. identifying what you want to do as an individual exactly right and you're separating you're like look at all these opportunities that i could do like don't get in my way yeah um and you mentioned something about girls or boys that are on like freshman homecoming court yeah. that are far from a senior year or yeah. like it's a whole different crowd and I was hoping you would touch on why you think that is because I think the freshman year that the person that's voted is often still kind of in this um fear and control power-based popularity mm -hmm. and, and and they're still buying what she's selling yeah right? yeah but the kid who's voted on court her senior year that's the kid everybody likes. That's the floater. That's the kid who knows who she is, mm -hmm. and she's nice to everybody. And and so through growth and development, we start to value that. Right, right, right. And I think you know the um, we we don't sometimes think about development as much as we should, because we all go through these certain stages. Mm -hmm. I mean. Regardless, we walk before we run. We right. crawl before we walk. It's it's just being human. Totally. And different climates, too. Everyone's in a different... And that could be a people climate, different parents, different... You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But also different places, you know, before you even get to high school. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. But were you... Sorry, I totally cut you off again. No. <laughs> um, but I did, on that note, as far as going back to the home and being human... Do you agree that some people do pick friends that are purposefully different than their family because they want to escape what family did feel like? Like those that don't really like the feeling and the climate at home? Yes, I think because I'm going to recreate. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to figure out how to do it differently. Yeah. And I'm absolutely. I also think people pick people outside themselves, their different cultures and everything because it's exciting. And it brings... I, 
but you got to be confident and secure to do that. And yeah. then it kind of adds something to your life and it makes you feel more independent, mm-hmm. more confident, more worldly. Totally. And there's esteem to that. You know, there there is esteem to that. It says, I am a citizen of the world and I can navigate this world and I can have friends all over this world or speak yeah. different languages or travel or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And that's a point of um, confidence and prestige. Well, that makes total sense. Um, do you think, totally jumping here, do you think social hierarchies come into play? How would you define social hierarchies amidst friendship? Kind of on the click thing. I think they do. I mean, the, the whole kind of proximity principle, you yeah. know, we're all in this together. Right. Whether I'm a middle schooler and I'm all in this together and I can't get out of it, or I'm right. a parent of middle schoolers and we're all stuck here together <laughs> for a while, right? So, and that's why these empty nesters are like, what? You know, <laughs> freedom. freedom. New version of freedom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So true. Exactly. So um, if you're kind of locked in a social hierarchy, I think the dynamics are different. Mm-hmm. You then, feel then, like yeah. attached to one. Yeah. yeah. I can't leave the building. Right. But if if you can, then we're kind of free to move in and out. And this is my this is my flavor or it's not. Yeah. So Oof. I wonder if we reel it back all the way prehistorically and what our needs are and how we keep talking about vulnerability. How do you think that relates to the most basic human setup? Like, do you think the women that were gathering and sometimes hunting were just each other's advocates or was it do you think they even communicated the same way? I mean, I know the red tent is a great example, and that's mm-hmm. not as far back, but on like bonding over something mm-hmm. very vulnerable and very specific to being feminine, um, where do you think those connections could have been prehistorically? Like, do you, have you ever thought about that at all? Well, you got to think that if you're with the biggest, baddest hunter. Yeah, the guy. Right? That's, that's a point of pride. Totally. And so people like, mm, mad respect for you. She's right? got the hunk. Yes. And he brings home the biggest beast or whatever. Right. Right. So there, I think there's always been the this dance, mm. this dance of security and insecurity and, and what what makes us feel less and more vulnerable. So we've oh, we've done that dance for a long time. We drift towards those who make us feel good about ourselves. Better. Right. Yeah. So if that woman... Um, really just honors you because you grow great corn or because mm-hmm. you have nice children or whatever right. it might be, then then we can release some of that jealousy mm. and insecurity because she just brings out the best in us and she respects us back. Right. So, you know, and it's it, it harkens back to kind of personality characteristics. Who, who do you respect? What mm-hmm. do you respect about them? Right. You know, the hardest worker, those values, you know? Totally. Plus, I feel like they were all very centralized where they were, whereas we have this access now to go wherever we want, whenever we want, uproot. And I feel like those smaller tribes, hopefully I don't sound crazy naive when I say that, but in more prehistoric communities, like they weren't necessarily leaving the cave. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this was their world. And when you think about these little microcosms, everything's so relevant. Like being in a mom group now at a school, all of a sudden everything, so much of your purpose is being accepted in that group and your kid doing well and like then you're competing with the other kids. And I think it's all subconscious, you know? So I just wonder if the simplicity of those prehistoric lives also made those relationships more simple. Well, you have to get along. 
Yeah, I mean, you have so no it's choice. the modern day swim team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're vulnerable. You're half naked all the time. And right. You're practicing at five in the morning, and you have you have to get along. Yeah. And if she kicks you in the face, or she's drafting you, or Ugh. whatever, or or not working as hard as right. she should be, or whatever, you're mad at her, and you need to say, "What are you doing?" And so, you have these little um, scripts and scraps. That's why we want our kids to do sports because we want them to, you know, get these lessons mm-hmm. that they probably had in prehistoric times. We're all in this together. We can't get out of it, so let's make it work. And we have to, again, survive together, bond, and you have no choice. Right, so I can be really mad at you, but we still have to, you know, milk the cow in the morning, or we still have to, you know, butcher the the elk or whatever it might be. Yeah. And we still have to show up for practice. We still. So I can't stay mad at you. Because there's a greater good that's happening here. Mm-hmm. And that's how we take that that kind of probably prehistoric dynamics and, and we replicate them today. When we talk about like contrived adversity, we don't oh, need yeah. anything. So we create this adversity, a team, a, a hike, a, a, you know, even a musical, whatever people right. do. You know, we're working into the night and this project or, and, and we you know, contrived adversity to try and help us um, get those principles of you got to stick it out. Yeah. You have to work it out. Yeah. And that, I think, parallels, I mean, romantic relationships too. I think a lot of people are choosing the path of least resistance and it still applies with friendship too. Well, yeah, that was complicated. I don't know. But I feel, again, it goes back to the different kind of bonding where I grew up and in the Midwest compared to out here. I've noticed there's not as much of that let's work it out thing. I don't know if it's the West Coast. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the style of life and I'm just missing the difference, the pace. But there's so much less of let's get to the bottom. It's like mm, too much, too intense. So I don't know what the explanation is for that. But... um. But I did want to also dive a little bit more into how friendship changes in the stages of our lives and as we age. So we talked a little bit earlier about how your purposes change, maybe your job changes, you move cities. But what about like the idea of friendship, let's say, in your 70s? Do you watch Grace and Frankie? I do. Oh, oh my gosh. I love it. Perfect example, right? I started during the polar vortex. I'm on season three. Perfect binge opportunity. So yeah, on that note then, like they couldn't have expected what their circumstances were going to be. And they have a new friendship they never even tried to have. So yeah, what are your thoughts? but, But why? Because they were both extremely vulnerable because they were hurt. Totally. It's like perfect, bring it all together. Right. And so developmentally, um, w- w- you know, they have more rally points. Let's talk about our aching knee. Let's talk about, oh, her husband died too. And so right. vulnerability goes up and um, we cling to each other just like if, you know, we're in a polar vortex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, um, I think, why people, as they age, they're their friendships become so solidified because they know we're all in this together. Right. Just like Midwesterners stand on the grocery line and say, well, how about that snow? (laughs) Um, You know, they say, how about your, you know, aching back? Did you hear that Ray's got gout? You know, and so in that it bonds people. 
we're all in this together yeah. and we need each other and we need each other's support. And I got your back. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, you know, bring the, the tray of sandwiches at the funeral. Right. Because right. I Presence. know, yeah, if I give to you, it, it will come back to me. And this makes us all feel safer and we're going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, that is primal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Especially with women. And I think that was also a jump start for them starting a business and trusting each mm-hmm. other. And it, they show you right off the bat. It doesn't happen overnight. They're not just like instant besties. No. It's like, you're annoying. You're annoying. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, need my space. But then all of a sudden they can't help but admit that they need each other. Yeah. I think it's it's like yeah. brilliant. And, um, and then they come to appreciate each other. Totally. That, that acceptance that we all crave. We mm-hmm. all crave acceptance. Yeah. Um, just because it makes us feel like um, we're not going to be left out in the cold. Yeah. No, completely. And that you're not alone in what you're thinking. And you're not the only one that felt what you felt. And that there's always another chapter, so to speak. Right. And so how do we how do we shorten that up for for kids and for young people and how do we say you know you gotta you gotta help people feel good about themselves sometimes i'll look at kids and i'm like you know at the end of the day (laughs) if you just make people feel good about themselves they will like you and you'll feel better they will you you will you will be fine Mm -hmm. if you just learn how to help people feel good about themselves it's so rewarding look at me like why didn't anyone tell me this right Right? no for sure and it's, it's trust it's saying like you are who you are. You have to own it. Mm-hmm. And just the act and the energy of owning it helps other people around you trust you. And it, I mean, like, you could, my gosh, people will think, oh, I won't go to the gym because I don't look like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no one's actually looking at you, I promise. And you just have to walk into the room, own your presence, and people want to be around you, you know? Yeah. And that um, brings me back to social media. Because that presence is lacking, at least in my opinion, when you do start these relationships between Instagram accounts Mm -hmm. or just meeting on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, like you were saying, they are real. We have to honor these relationships. They're not, like they are happening. They're still talking. But do you think those can be maintained as long as your best friend that you met in middle school, like when you didn't even have email they're not enough there's not enough intimacy right and that scares me i mean we have different grades gradations of friendship sure i mean this is your acquaintance and you know i I, oh they're my facebook friend which is kind of like they're they're a nice you know they're a nice person and if i'm in their city i might call on them and have dinner right that's a very different on a very different scale you have to have interaction i totally agree you have to have those shared mm-hmm. experiences. Can that be from halfway across the world? I think it can, but I think it's different. Right. The, the intimacy is, is just harder to achieve. Yeah, and it's what's interesting to me is that based on that, so many influencers, as we call them now, are mm-hmm. starting these accounts, and they're essentially celebrities on the Internet, right? Mm-hmm. And I may never meet so-and-so who did that crazy skateboard jump and has a million followers, but I can comment in two seconds Mm -hmm. or I can find his Instagram and DM, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's almost making this accessibility too easy and then it's over so quick. And it's the same idea with like my brother who had all these followers and it's this instant gratification, boom, boom, boom. So now as he's auditioning, he's a theater kid or trying out or trying to get jobs, what does that mean when he gets rejected? Is he going to initially feel, oh, I'm, 
why would I do anything else? I didn't instantly get what I wanted. And so I am going to be, I'm curious to see how that balance works itself out. Yeah. Or he may be completely desensitized to rejection because he's got so many Mm -hmm. people that agree and disagree, which could be a good thing. Yeah. But I think the, the celebrity thing too is these, these people affirm my identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some kid goes on YouTube, has a YouTube channel and they're speaking what I like to hear. They affirm my identity. I'm learning words from them. I'm feeling like they're my people. That's not friendship. That's fandom. And that's cool. You know, that helps you figure out who you are. Right. And all that. And, and, you know, we can respect talent and all that kind of stuff. But it's not really, it's not friendship. And can you hold your own with another person? Yeah. I don't know. So, but at the end of the day, um, to bring it all back to the beginning, you have these books that you wrote because it's not easy. Because friendship isn't a piece of cake and there's ups and downs like Mm -hmm. anything. And I think we've proved that vulnerability really is the center of all of this, which I never even thought about until you said that. So thank you. That's really cool. Are there any thoughts that you have as far as anything in your notes that you want to bring up or tell the world? I think we have to look at our motives. Yeah. You know, what are our motives? Do we want to raise good people? Do we want to raise um, peacemakers? Um, do we want to raise people that make a lot of money? Um, and if it's the latter, that's okay. Um, but right. you, you know, I mean, that's fine. If you're super competitive or all that, you know, you're achievement oriented, more power to you. Totally. But can you, can you be an achiever and not be mean? Well, sure. Yeah. Question of the year. And oh, yes. Because yeah. it's such a small business land now. Right. So how do you say you get to be an achiever and you get to be a leader, but you don't get to stomp on people? That's yeah. that's not how you get people to like you. And if people like you, that's long-term popularity. Yeah, right. And I think we need to have that conversation a little bit more. Parents are insecure. Oh, yeah. We're still people. Yeah. Everyone's pe- a person. Yeah. So Yeah. But Great. at the end of the day, if you if you can make and keep friends, you will be happier. As an adult, you will be healthier. You'll have less mental health problems, less cardiovascular problems, less stress-related wow. illness, all those things, right? So if we really want to do right by our kids or right by ourselves, mm-hmm. we got to figure out how to make people feel good about themselves. It's perfect. I mean, it all comes back to connection, which we've said multiple. We keep both being like it's all about, again, what's happening at home, who's present, mm-hmm. who's making you feel loved. Because if you mm-hmm. feel loved, you're going to want to make other people feel that yeah, way. Yeah. And I think in the world of um, like the entrepreneurial spirit, as we'll call it, mm-hmm. it's so easy to stomp on people. So many people are starting businesses. Like the internet is making it so easy mm-hmm. to just like boom, boom, everything can be lucrative. But I've noticed all of a sudden people, especially women in business, have been collaborating. And instead of trying to monopolize anything, they say, okay, how can we do a trade? How can I help you? You help me. And then we both blossom from it. And I think the more we do that, we're doing what you're saying. I think we're making people better because you're taking a minute, Mm -hmm. listening to someone else. What do you need? Here's what I need. Let's make it work together. Um, so yeah, I think it's all about listening and taking a minute to balance because like you said, you're not going to be, if you don't find time for the people that matter to you, friendships, family, whatever it may be, you're not gonna, how do I put this? 
you won't connect with yourself, I think, as well. And when well, you, yeah, you know what then, I mean? Yeah. Well, and it leads you to your confidence. So whether right. you're in the cave right. or in the, the corporation, you know, or, or on the team, yep. it doesn't matter. It's, it all is about we are better together. One more thing before we forget, I wanted Patty to get more into how she thought having watched kids that were bullied becomes, become moms, those moms actually end up raising victims. And I was wondering what that's about. Well, I think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And one thing that we really need to keep in mind is that, um, you know, that idea of the strong mama bear, you know, mm-hmm. I saw I saw a little T-shirt that said Mama Bear the other day, and I just kind of cringed because so many well-meaning, well-meaning um, moms want to change their friendships for their daughters, yeah. and they don't want them to have to go through that, and they want to, but their own insecurities kind of plant that seed. And so what we really want to do is avoid assigning roles, empower that little girl mm-hmm. to say, you know, carpet square theory, you know, yeah. right? You get to take up the same amount of room and and trust it, mom. I would rather have a kid push somebody down and say, you know, then and we can turn the volume down. Mm-hmm. Um, but a kid who can't find her voice because her mom's voice is louder. Yeah. So we never wow. want to assign roles. And we carry a lot into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, our own fears. And man, those those wounds go deep for so, some people. Very, very true. Yeah. yeah. And they linger. Yeah. And I think sometimes bullies raise bullies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we're born with these innate personality characteristics mm-hmm. and we have to just be really aware of them and, and to not put too much on our kids. Yeah. Do you see that with men too? Men and boys? I think so, but less dramatically. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that has to do with just how our brains are wired, honestly, as men and women. We, as women, I'm perfect example. I overthink everything to the nines. And I'm just like, Allie, this is not a big deal. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the women yeah. that are tempering. Maybe. <laughs> you know, they do the most parenting yeah. very often. And mm-hmm. so maybe they're tempering some of that. But yeah, totally I think possible. in friendships, we we need to really um, empower our kids to to take up their own space. Like you yeah. said, be you know, be present and yeah and claim territory right claim your territory absolutely and you think that plays in with these friendship clicks sometimes too a territory thing for sure yeah and that's absolutely something we can take back to the first people on the planet it's very much about claiming your space that's very human it sure is completely (laughs) yeah that's a perfect soundbite to end with i love that we can totally uh sammy we can Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yay. Bye, guys. Mic check. Hey, what are you guys doing?